for real stories on how global business gets done. This is Supply Chain Unfiltered, presented by the Institute for Supply Management. Well, it is an absolutely gorgeous day here in Scottsdale, Arizona. I'm Melanie Stern for ISM and coming to you uh, from the podcast studios here. And I am just so jazzed about our topic today. Um, it's, it's something that, you know, when I came across uh, this company and their service offerings, I, I thought, I wonder how many, how many companies across supply management are going to like, you know, hit themselves in the back of the head when they hear about this and think, why didn't I know about this a few years ago? This would have, you know, helped me avoid a lot of grief over the last few years. So what we're talking about today is why the time has come right now and maybe could have been useful a few years ago for disruption and delay insurance, yes. And with us, uh, CEO and co-founder of Autonomy is Jan Barbaro. Jan, how are you doing? Hey, Melanie. Thanks a lot for having me. And uh, I, I commend your uh, yeah, enthusiasm about the, the product. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's I, bit, I, I think it is just the coolest thing. And it's almost one of those, um, I don't want to say it's, it's an obvious, but um, it's, uh, I'm going to refer to autonomy as uh, the solutions provider of greater peace of mind. I think that <laughs> probably coins it. Um, okay. Um, so if, if it's okay with you, I'd like to kind of set the stage um, with how um, anyone involved in supply management right now is we're all still desperately trying to find that um, a happy medium across the profession. You know, how do we find that balance between supply and demand and, and some people are calling you know can we get back to 2019 you know maybe that would be okay and then others are saying no you know what I mean we probably need to prepare ourselves for um, I'll say the term volatility as being the new status quo uh, today and going forward and if that's the case um, do you ever do you think that maybe companies need to do what they can to better prepare and just conduct business as if we're always going to be in this constant state of flux? What What do you think? Yeah, it's um, the trillion dollar question you're asking me now. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, to be frank, um, obviously, I'm not going to give you like the, the full, you know, perfect answer, but um, I think a short answer to uh, this uh, conundrum is uh, we're not going to go back to 2019. Right. I think it's uh, it's is completely revolute at that point. Uh, what we know, uh, you know, pre-COVID, uh, the transforming um, kind of like behavior of e-commerce, the dislocation of supply chain that's been kind of developing over the, you know, 21, 22, 23, and, and now kind of like repositioning of what actors and how the value chain is actually operating is is just like a different setting at that point. And you know, while it's it's been very painful, you know, it's mm -hmm. very clear that you know a lot of people been suffering uh, either you know first order risk, you know, not being able to operate the business because let's say the the log jam at the point of Long Beach and in, yeah. in LA, you know, um, you know, a few months ago, actually a few years ago now, but it seems to be like, you know, very fresh in everybody's mind. 
uh, or second order risk when you know people can be penalized for you know not delivering on time certain cargo containers or any any parcels i think people not wanting to go back to this uh, to this stage and mm-hmm. what i believe is true and I, i'm not trying to sell my product specifically but i think embracing um you know new solution technology better transparency and visibility for uh, global trade global supply chain it's a, it's a must have now i think the, the, nobody can you know kind of go against the the stream here i think there's uh, definitely like you know enough awareness and you know the the whole splash that happened you know the past couple of years is now you know that was kind of a good wake up call for the industry and i'm very hopeful that you know people are going to be starting adopting you know cutting edge and you know very refreshed technology solutions so um speaking of refreshing technology solutions um let's let's go into um autonomy's platform for a minute so i i want to know if if, was there one specific sort of aha moment where uh you identified a problem out there and then say hey you know what we've got the subsequent solution let's let's do this so how how did the company come to be what happened yeah, so th- this little bit of an origin story uh, with you know myself and my co-founder uh, Jeremy, the the CTO of the company. Um, you know, we um, essentially nerds at heart, both of us, <laughs> with uh, you know product people. We um, you know essentially at the, at the very beginning when prototyping the whole uh, insurance platform, um, you know, operated on the backbone of smart contract and you know transparency visibility. Uh, we had, you know, very much like a uh, whole heart at, you know, in the work in order to bring the best of the tech. But the really like the the wake up call for us has been, you know, it still is the uh, Swiss Canal blockage, right? Mm. Which essentially like creating, you know, such a traumatic uh, image in everybody's mind. And we were kind of like lo- looking at the news, both of us, Jeremy and I, and and kind of like saying, you know, this is definitely like, you know, a number of uh, use cases we can apply our technology to to help people overall. And that one was just like, okay, supply chain it is now. Mm-hmm. And then we started to like go, um, you know, full blown, full, uh, you know, full steam on essentially automating the, uh, the claim uh, settlement process for uh, supply chain interruptions such as the one that, that happened in Egypt, you know, a few years ago. So that was kind of the aha uh, moment, as if you have, if you asked, you asked me. And and what aspects of um, the transportation sector do you do you cover as far as uh, shipping goes? Is it are you just in aviation? Did I get that wrong? Yeah. So interestingly, um, where we kind of like you know try to map out the industry towards you know what our product can be servicing and helping the most has been in the time critical space right so we okay. we, we believe that you know uh, by nature and by constructs uh, a temperature sensitive a time critical cargo and expedited shipment um, has by nature you know kind of like a clock ticking you know on top of his head and therefore you know a delay and an interruption can have like you know very dire um, you know financial consequences for the shippers the receivers or the three PLs in between. Okay. Um, so, uh, having said that, you know how we design our product has been to very much you know stay very vertical, uh, 
uh, in certain niche industry, uh, such as life science, you know, you can think about vaccines, uh, you know, organ transplant, transportation, you know, lab testing and, and so forth. The perishable, you know, kind of um, verticals in the industry where, you know, produce, flowers, meat, seafoods are in need of very tight, you know, monitoring of temperature mm -hmm. and, and time critical shipments. Um, or the AOG MRO space, right, which is something that we're actually looking at right now. Uh, so uh, aircraft on the ground, uh, maintenance repair operations for aviation aerospace, uh, which is, I think, in, in excess of $150 billion uh, globally. And each time, transportation, just in time, expedited, 18 hours timeline is paramount for, mm -hmm. for those players. Um, and so we design our products, you know, in, in order to address those problems and to to offer a risk solution to mitigate supply chain interruption risks. And, and therefore, the aviation expedited NFO is really where we find the most traction. And uh, so I want to I want to ask you a few things that um, have to do with kind of the, the process that's involved. So. Um, uh, you refer to this algorithmic underwriting. What what is that? What is that? How does that differ from other other channels of underwriting that that are out there that insurance utilizes? Uh, Melanie, did I mention that I'm a nerd? <laughs> we love nerds in supply management. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's that's the algorithmic uh, in, inside me. Okay. Talking. Um, <laughs> It is a little bit of a fancy word. Uh, and by the way, we're coming up with a, a refreshed website, new uh, rebranding. And I don't recall that algorithmic is part of the, the, the oh, new brand, okay. if anything. But algorithmic means something. But in simple terms, what we mean by that is we ingested uh, over decades of um, historical data, logistics data, freight terminals, um, you know, data points. Uh, aviation, you know, kind of data sets, uh, acquired proprietary, you know, data set that we can actually ingest, uh, calibrate, train through our AI-assisted uh, algorithm, right? So that's the uh, algorithmic aspect to it in order to essentially offer two things. Number one is the best affordable uh, pricing for our risk solution to end customer. So a pharma company shipping, you know, a million dollar worth of vaccine, they're scared of any type of spoilage or any type of, you know, something going a haywire. Then we want to offer the best pricing possible. And the algorithm is spitting out uh, that, that that pricing specifically for that route at that time of the year and with a specific carrier. The second thing is also uh, kind of a, uh, resolving for the best algorithm for our uh, underwriters behind us. So we are backed by Lloyd's, the Lloyd's of London, the insurance syndicate market. Um, obviously, we, we want to make whole on the on their balance sheet and the fact that they are actually trusting us. Mm -hmm. And we want to essentially offer the best performing product, you know, for our underwriting partners. So it's very much at the combination and the intersect of offering best pricing for customers, but remaining also, you know, viable and profitable in the long, long run. And, and regarding the underwriting, it does it uh, do you measure um, certain? I, I don't even know what kind of metrics I can even I, I can't even think of it at the moment. So forgive me, but but the company that's seeking the insurance, 
when you're trying to figure out um, what the rates would be, right? Do you also um, get into the weeds as far as who they decide their logistics company is going to be, who they partner with, what their other strategic partners are? Does that affect um, the rate? Uh, to a certain extent, yes. Okay. Um, yes, th that's correct. Actually, great analysis. Um, you know, the, the longer answer is, um, you know, our model is actually incorporating or inclusive of a number of risk factors in the in the space. Um, so you mentioned uh, logistics intermediaries, you know, kind of taking care of the transport mm -hmm. between A to B, right, for yep. the benefit of shippers and receivers. So the essentially the carrier, the uh, aircraft, the air car, aircraft make uh, and Sutter you know, other type of risk factors within the airport terminals are being taken into account in order to essentially calibrate the, the best pricing. Uh, other factors are weather components, right? Climate risk, weather risk, um, you know, large NATCAT, natural catastrophe risk that we can measure. So you saw Otis, right, in Acapulco um, uh, in the last 48 hours. Uh, it's not that I'm not pretending that we are actually forecasting those things, but mm -hmm. these are parameters that we take into account into uh, calibrating those those pricing and those rates in order to inform better, to bring best you know risk assessment, but also um, helping to mitigate the risk when something happened. Right. So when we we detect the uh, supply chain delay, uh, it only takes a few seconds to be uh, detected and observed within our platform then literally within hours maybe same day next day we get the claim uh, settlement back to the customer because we want to bring not only transparency of tracking of those events but also the visibility and, and transparency of having the pro proceed of the the claim being refunded back you know quickly and um because because i mean the the we can measure volatility based on you know what we can see and then there's the what we can't see but what may likely happen or the indicators that show up right but just because we you can't really we don't have a fixed idea at any given moment of um the likelihood of disruption it's all it's almost fluid and you know each day it can shift um then the rate is that fixed or does that is is it sort of float is it a fixed rate or does it float based on certain conditions or geopolitical conditions how do, how does that work how how do you formulate a rate for a company yeah that that's a good question so the uh, the short answer is uh, float so it's variable okay um Right, but let me get into uh, some level of, of intricacy of the the product. Appreciate uh, that. The but the, the complexity is more into more um, accuracy that we offer to customer. Okay. So the the two the two things to think in mind think in mind is we have two mode of uh, operation. So the first um, modus operandi is uh, per transaction, right? So per shipment, per loads. Uh, we can give you know immediate price pricing. I think our API uh, connection call is uh, 47 milliseconds to get some mm. quotes, so it's extremely fast. Um, and that's actually 
essentially maps out everything you described. So obviously the seasonality, uh, some weather factor, the uh, logistics and transportation details, uh, sometime, you know, uh, macro risk, you know, uh, you know, some Ukraine risk. Uh, Fortunately, happen, what happened in Middle East can be affecting the air traffic market as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the, all that is actually being picked up, you know, real time, right? So that's, you can get your quotes for the specific transaction. The second mode of operation is on an annual basis where, you know, customer essentially commit for a 12 months, you know, program with us. And in this case, we go by like, you know, projecting volumes and estimating, you know, the transportation per season, per month, uh, what kind of assets they're moving, uh, what kind of industry is more impacted, you know, and take into to account, obviously, obviously, the holiday, right, the ramp up into Thanksgiving and, and Christmas is also a big factor in logistics, as you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in that case, because we get commitment from a customer wanting to actually, you know, get into the program for a full 12 months, we offer preferential pricing in this case. So we can apply some discount uh, because of the loyalty of the customer and also like an understanding of the uh, essentially the, the portfolio diversification of having a large volume and, and economical scales. And, uh, you know, uh, a term that is um often spoken about, I mean, probably at least once in an hour of each day of risk management. Um, But autonomy has advanced risk management. So is that is that more about what you offer? You bridge the protection gaps compared to the more traditional types of insurance available? Or is there something more to that phrase? Yeah, so I, I think you you addressed like you know part of the um, of the problem with this uh, short sentence. Um, really, what we're going after is um, a very grim observation uh, that has been the case for nearly 400 years, mm-hmm. as I was mentioning a few minutes ago. Um, you know, your cargo and marine insurance policy are completely excluding delays. Right. So the peril being the delay of shipment, interruption of supply chain is completely excluded. So you get rejected if you file a claim mm. uh, for that reason as, as an end customer. And yeah, so advanced risk management is kind of bridging the gap on uh, delay risk. Right. So that's like the first um, kind of operation management 101 that you want to think about. Now, the second piece is, um, you know, not only uh, are we bridging the, the gap for the delay as a peril, Right, yeah. this is something that has been missing, but you know when the claims is being activated and the money is, is about to be paid out, then we are agnostic in terms of how the customer using the the proceed, the amount, right? Because we want to give the ability to actually address a number of supply chain risk that can be affecting their operations and their uh, profits, you know, profile. Um, so number one can be a direct cost to the uh, diminishing value of the cargo, right? So typical case in perishables uh, or, you know, kind of vaccine spoilage, you know, that's a direct loss, then our proceed can be uh, offsetting those losses. The second one could be um, contractual obligation penalties. Uh, so in just-in-time delivery in manufacturing life for automotive uh, industry, um, every hour can be, you know, several hundreds of thousands of dollars of penalties 
because they have to stop the manufacturing line altogether and the production is completely frozen, right? Yeah. And the proceed of our um, you know, claim settlement, it can be used to offset those losses. And there's other uh, kind of second order, uh, very tangible and maybe a little less tangible in the, in the brain of everyone, uh, you know, loss of sales, loss of income, or, you know, kind of business interruptions type of, uh, of risk where uh, now you are in the log jam, uh, you have some SLA with your customer, you cannot fulfill some uh, PO, some purchase order, and really like you're missing out on, on business because now you're just waiting for your containers and your cargo to come in. And again, if that costs you, you know, $100,000 worth of business that you, you can run, then this is something you can offset without claim settlement as well. So, so let's say uh, I am one of your customers and I run into a cargo delay and all the problems that go with that and all those uh, costs. Can you, can you break down the process of you know, what it would entail for me to file a claim and what, what my expectation should be as far as um, the timeline in receiving the claim, the payment? Absolutely. Thank you. I thought I would hope you would say that. <laughs> I have that answer. Um, so good news for you. Okay, uh, I'm ready. You, <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a shipper, as an end customer, you don't have to file a claim. Oh. Yeah. You know, um, our platform and our solution actually volunteer the cargo delay information to your email in, in a few minutes. So we detect the delay, uh, we look at, obviously it's all automated and programmatic, but the, let's say the platform finds out that you are entitled and eligible for a claim, and then there's a claim email going to your inbox. And at that point you receive the email, there's a couple questions which are very customary, and then you can accept the claim payment. So at that point, you know, our system record your answer and what's going to happen is, you know, our, you know, claim, you know, um, uh, operator, administrator, look at a few things which really take a few minutes to maybe a couple of hours, and you should get your payment back within 24, maybe 48 hours sometime. But really, it's a next day type of, uh, of deal with us. Wow. One, le one less thing to worry about. We'll take exactly. it. <laughs> we'll take it. Uh, so you mentioned earlier, you know, weather-related um, delays, um, climate shifts, and then what what can happen with that. Um, we've all been through some of that over the last few years, and um, you know, and may expect more to come. So I know uh, I I can speak to this um, as a homeowner here in the states, and um, talking to other homeowners as well as different insurance companies. When it's time for a renewal of the insurance, they send out uh, modified uh, contract terms and conditions. And what we're noticing is either complete omissions of areas of coverage that were weather-related, um, or or they modify that those aspects of coverage. And not to mention the cost of the coverage has gone up exponentially. Are you seeing that? Um, as far as commercial insurance applications um, related to shipping, not not so much um, your insurance offering, but more traditional types of insurance. 
Is that happening? Yeah. And if not, do you foresee that happening soon? Yeah, I think you're touching upon a very, um, very critical and uh, and very sensitive uh, topic overall uh, nationwide in the U.S. at least. Yep. And I believe that you know there's um, quite a bit of rippling effects you know abroad as well. Uh, but you know what we we experienced last year in you know kind of the renewal uh, period in the last quarter of 22. And now we have we seen like pretty much like the same repeat, maybe not as bad, if anything. So what happened last year? There was a, a very dramatic um, increase of uh, premium rates on uh, you know consumers, you know uh, homeowners, uh, property owners, and you know the sometime you know kind of two x or three x the premium rates to the point that you know. A lot of those uh, insurance companies actually left, you know, some regions of the U.S., some states altogether, uh, leaving off like some customer with no solutions to get insured at all. Uh, so it's been pretty dramatic. So the the weather and climate risk that you know, obviously the the Gulf of Mexico and and Florida are experiencing because of hurricane and other storms uh, has been creating, you know, kind of like. Um, between a rock and a hard place that type of situation for most uh, homeowners over there. Uh, so either you have to pay a tremendous amount of, um, of premium to protect for the same limit that it used to in the tune of sometimes 5x, I think, oh more expensive. Or, or you cannot just insure at all because nobody's providing it. So what we've seen as a mainstream type of product uh, has been probably one of the most disappointing, you know, kind of service that the insurance industry can provide to their loyal customers. Uh, on our end, while it's not a property, you know, insurance is not, you know, gears toward real estate, uh, the overlap is, is still pretty significant in the sense that uh, we operating in LATAM, for instance, and, and Latin America has a lot of imports, so export of LATAM into, into US and to Miami, especially. And, you know, kind of four, five months out of the year, you are in the hurricane season and, you know, your shipments are going to be disrupted. Uh, you're gonna, that's going to cause some delays. That's going to cause some damages, some losses and, and otherwise. And yet again, those, um, you know, climate protection are very hard to get, very expensive. So our positioning from day one has been to actually service, you know, those customers on the logistics side for the kind of peril they want to protect. And I want to say like 40 to 60% of what they're risking, you know, in terms of financial losses on the back of delay is due to weather. Mm -hmm. And for that matter, you know, weather and climate risk is included in the type of peril we can address. Nice. Nice. I mean, it's, it's kind of a must have these days. Um, is is there a recommended way if 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 someone listening um, thinks it would be a really good idea and is very much into greater peace of mind, how it, how would they get in touch with you to start a conversation and see how you can help? Yeah, I would love that. Thanks a lot for mentioning it. Um, I guess my email is the easiest. Um, so Jan Y A N N at autonomy AI. O-T-O-N-O-M-I dot A-I. Um, you can find us, you know, our website is autonomy.ai or uh, on LinkedIn. We're very active. 
Um, so we are actually on the road, uh, road show for really like six weeks now on a number of trade shows, uh, a number of conferences. Uh, so Vegas, uh, some part of LATAM, Singapore and Hong Kong. And I'm hopeful I can meet, you know, some of your uh, audience uh, listeners or yeah. potential customers, partners in the space in, you know, in U.S. or abroad. It's, it's good to hear you're, you're getting out there and you're getting the word out because uh, we need you. <laughs> we need your help. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for being here with us. Really appreciate you sharing everything that you do. And um, again, giving uh, a great way to give a lot of people peace of mind who really, really need it. We all need more of that, right? Uh, and um, by the way, if, uh, if logistics is your thing, transportation is your thing, and you've missed the last couple of podcasts, be sure to check them out because we have been covering that sector in a big way and uh, great, great insights to share with you. You can find them and our whole library of podcasts, ismworld.org. Uh, drop us a line, let us know what we should be talking about, Supply Chain Unfiltered at ismworld.org. I'm Melanie for the Institute for Supply Management and another episode of Supply Chain Unfiltered. <laughs>